And mm-hmm. resentment and desire cannot live in the same heart. They just don't live together. Mm-hmm. And so while one is holding resentment, one really cannot feel desire for their spouse. And I mean, the marriage, they end up dying. Let's face it. I mean, without getting into like a huge sex discussion, I mean, mm-hmm. desire and intimacy are a huge distinguishing factor of the marriage relationship. Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? Between walking those 10,000 steps, hydrating, making plant-based meals for our family, Pinterest-worthy lunches for our kids, spectacular date nights for our husband, and let's not forget, climbing that corporate ladder, we're asked to do these things each and every day. So much so, that often it feels like we are trying to balance on the high wire of life. So welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast, hosted by me, Rosanna Brary. I'm an immigration lawyer, a mother to a teenage son, a wife, and an entrepreneur who truly believes that working women can have it all. Join me as I interview other high-achieving women, and together, let's learn about the skills and the fortitude that we need to create the happy, prosperous and balanced life we so richly deserve. Hi, Wire Women. Think about the last time you were with your girlfriend, either out for drinks or waiting for your kid to come out of swim practice. And tell me how long it took before that group of women started bitching about, I do everything. He does nothing. I'll tell you in my life, that conversation occurs within the first 10 minutes of getting in with any group of women, whether it's at work, at home, school. That is the universal bitch for, I don't know if it's our generation or what have you. So today, I'm really super excited to have a fellow lawyer on the podcast, Elise Bowie. Elise is based out of Seattle, Washington, and has a law firm that practices family and estate law. She could write a book about divorces and family issues, but we're not going to talk about divorce. Hopefully, we're going to talk about something that prevents a few divorces today. So Elise, welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love being able to talk to you today. Thank you. So we are going to talk about this book that you read that changed your life and hopefully will change millions of other women's lives. And it's called Fair Play. Now, Elise, you're a mom of six, (laughs) four bio, (laughs) four biological, two steps. Elise has a home office in the most beautiful place I've ever seen, Seattle, Washington. I'm her Facebook friend. So I see all this cool wildlife that she deals with every day. Amazing. But in addition to being a rock star lawyer and growing her law firm exponentially, Elise has this passion for Fair Play, which is a book written by Eve Rodsky, who is a Harvard educated lawyer. Elise, tell us more about Fair Play, what it is, and why this is so critical for all of our marriages and just mental health. Oh my gosh. Fair play is so game changing. It is a book that sets forth a system about how to handle all the things in your life. Like the whole premise of fair play is gender equality in the home, but not just for gender equality. So that the whole premise is so that women can get more of their time back so that they can explore their unicorn space and be able to pursue creative pursuits. And so Fair Play literally is a book. 
and a card game that allows you to bring this system into your home. And the keys to the system are, it's all about an owner's mindset. So when you think about like, let's just think of some thing, and I hate to use the word chore because this is really just bigger than chores, but let's just think of something like laundry. I mean, we all have to do laundry. And a lot of times there's the conceptualizing of laundry, there's planning it, then there's executing it. That means like making sure you know where all the dirty clothes are and that you can sort all the dirty clothes. You can plan to make sure like the kids football thing is clean before they need it, before their game or practice. And then there's the actual doing of the laundry. So those three steps, conceptualizing, planning, and executing make up this whole owner's mindset. And the whole key to fair play is that one person owns the entire thing. You don't divvy up the conceptualizing, planning, and executing, which is what most of us do now. I mean, all of us could sit around with our glass of wine and discuss how we conceptualize and plan our entire family's existence. And our spouses execute some, you know, that's kind of their thing. They'll drive a kid to soccer practice or they'll run to the grocery store on the way home and pick up the four things we ask them to pick up. But it's this limited thinking part that a lot of times men are doing. And obviously, I'm being very stereotypical, but I'm afraid this is just the reality. The numbers kind of play it out. For real. So here's a real life example. So in my family of three, me and my husband and our son, I cook dinner. So I cook dinner and he eats dinner. And when he's done eating dinner, then he'll clean up. And so, you know, I will passively aggressively bitch about how I have to cook dinner all the time. And he's like, well, I clean up. And then my retort is always, I had to think of the concept of the meal. Like I had to say, we're having fried chicken and salad and a baked potato. And then I had to buy all those things. And then I had to prep them all and I had to plate them. And you just had to eat them and then put the dishes in the dishwasher. So I did more than you. And when I say that, my husband, who's also an attorney is like, that's ridiculous. Like you've put so much thought into this. Like, what's the big deal? Blah, blah, blah. But that makes me angry. It feels like inherently unfair. And, and it I don't get credit for it. And I don't like when I don't get credit for things. It's grossly unfair. And the reason it's even more unfair with the example you bring up, cooking dinner, that would come under the suit of a daily grind card. Daily grind cards are even more than regular cards because you are doing them every single day. And in Eve's book, she recommends redealing daily grind cards much more often, where maybe you're splitting up the cooking, like you're cooking Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and he's cooking Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And maybe cooking is no longer cooking. And this goes back to the first thing you do when you play this card game is you go through, you go through all the cards. There's a hundred of them. 40 of them are child related. Now, Ooh. cooking obviously is, you know, everyone's got to eat. But you go through those hundred cards together and really discuss what is your value about this card? Like, do you even care? Because let's say one card might be writing thank you notes. Maybe y'all aren't a really gratitude kind of family. So maybe you don't really (laughs) want to teach anyone to write thank you notes and you don't care. So maybe you're going to throw that card out the window. So now you're down to 99. So once you go through the whole stack of a hundred, get it down to where you and your husband agree on which cards you both value. Then you have to really look at, 
your strengths. I mean, first you divvy them up based on kind of your reality, your current scenario. And it's very mm-hmm. eye-opening. I mean, as somebody who is married to an exceedingly supportive Renaissance kind of husband, I mean, I thought for certain my husband would own more cards than I did. I mean, my husband does a lot mm-hmm. and he didn't. Like I still owned the majority. <laughs> and it was so stunning to me because I was like, if me, who is married to this man who, I mean, cooks, cleans, grocery shop, I mean, just does it all. I was like, wait a minute. This means women are probably owning like 90 of these cards. You know what I mean? Like the reality is probably stunning. And it's amazing to me, any of us stay married. And as a divorce attorney, I want nothing more than to get fair play into every single home. Because if we can just a little bit at a time, I'm not saying you're going to go in, play the card game, and all of a sudden, you know, it's divvied up and it feels all fair. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not how change happens. If you can get a couple of cards off your plate where somebody else is doing that CPE, the conceptualizing, planning, and executing, you're going to see time in your calendar now that you're going to be like, oh, wait, I'm not doing the laundry every day now, or I'm not cooking this dinner every day now. And so now I have an hour, maybe I want to sit and read, or maybe I'm going to yeah. sit and knit, or maybe I'm going to exercise. It's incredible. It's why I started High Wire Woman and why I picked that concept. Because as women, we are juggling 10,000 things on the high wire of life. And when I look at it 50 years ago, say women were not in the workplace. So they were home cooking dinner and taking care of the kids. And the man was out working and That all worked. But now everybody's working. And yet women are still supposed to buy the gifts, create the Christmas magic. No wonder everybody's getting divorced and angry and pissed off. How many things could one person actually do? I'm not a huge fan of the holidays. It's because it's a shit ton of work. It's insanity. I still have my Christmas decorations up. (laughs) Literally. I mean, that is how crazy 2022 has been. I have not had time to get them down. My husband has been taking them down because he is that guy who's going to see how busy I am. And he's been taking them down a little bit at a time. He also has a super high-powered full-time job. You know what I mean? It's not like Mm -hmm. either of us are sitting around on our hands going, "Mm, we got to find something to do. Right, (laughs) right, right. So you must have seen a lot in your career in terms of high-conflict divorces, families. In my small circle of life, I have seen a pattern of women complaining for years and years and years. And what it's led to is them ultimately not caring anymore and just leaving, just moving on, checking out. And they will say, I just don't care anymore. I just don't want to do this. It's like a smoldering fire, right? Like it just keeps burning. And, And the arguments get old after a while, right? Like how many times can you fight about the laundry? So you just let it go. So did your experience, obviously, in a family law firm, how did you get turned on to this fair play concept? I just found the book. I mean, I think it came out in 2019. And I read it, I think, in the beginning of 2020. And then 
got hooked up with Eve. And I mean, she's been on my podcast. I've done a course with her group to become a fair play facilitator. So I understand so much more about what went into it. And I mean, Eve has a brilliant system mind, like, and to be able to create a system that can speak to men and women and really organize, you know, our home life. I and mean, we all as business owners talk about how important systems are in our business. And, right. Yes. You know, we have to have all this yet literally our most important group. We don't have systems for, you know, in homes, which is kind of crazy. Right. Right? I mean, yes. we need them. And yes. the thing when I want to go back to what you're talking about, the just that smoldering kind of fire, it is just pure and simple resentment and mm-hmm. resentment and desire cannot live in the same heart. They just don't live together. Mm. And so while one is holding resentment, one really cannot feel desire for their spouse. And I mean, the marriage, they end up dying. Let's face it. I mean, without getting into like a huge sex discussion, I mean, Mm -hmm. desire and intimacy are a huge distinguishing factor of the marriage relationship. That is the thing that makes it this unique, because we can have close rapport with other people, but it is different. But that resentment that is just built up day after day after day, literally absolutely kills any desire. And I think for me, the thing when I see in our like mother's Esquire groups, and I mean, of thousands of female attorneys, we have like, there's a trash day. It's all hundreds and hundreds of people (laughs) talking about how much they're just disgusted with their home life, their husbands, the division of labor. And to me, it is such a travesty that so many women are living in these truly inequitable situations where they are walking around with this kind of resentment in their heart. We'd all be better off single than that. It's got to get fixed. So high wire women, I just want to repeat that because you need to write this down. Resentment and desire cannot live together. They just can't. If you're resentful, you cannot desire anyone or anything. And, you know, I just turned 50 and the more and more I talk to women, there are so many women I know that are completely disinterested in having sex. They're like, that's the last thing I want to do. No way, no how. You know, my one friend and I always joke about women should just live together in a commune and, you know, just live happily ever after. And I think a huge part of that is this resentment. 150%. I mean, I cannot tell you how many divorce consults I have from people who tell me, first, they tell me about everything they've done all the years. Then they tell me they haven't had intimate relations with their husband for like seven years. And then they tell me, They've never really discussed this, but they want a divorce. And I'm always like, whoa, wait, (laughs) I'm like, we got to rewind some of this. But I mean, where do you go when you've literally let that resentment turn to, I mean, zero connection emotionally, physically, you know, there's just nothing there except, you know, this business relationship, which is a toxic one. Do you know what I mean? It's super toxic where one person is feeling pretty abused in the relationship. Like they feel underappreciated. They feel like they are doing all these things. Nobody sees it. It's invisible work. So it's not even acknowledged half the time. Like 
how many tasks are women doing, like buying birthday presents, wrapping those mm-hmm. birthday presents, getting gifts for, you know, all the kids at school, doing all these. It's the hundredth day of school. I mean, oh, oh my God, shoot me. Like, <laughs> right? I'm like, who came up with this nonsense? Someone like, that had nothing to do. <laughs> nothing. And the thing is, like, obviously, I'm a massive believer in delegating. And if your financial situation and all that comes into play and it allows you to delegate, there are a lot of things that can be delegated. But there are very many cards that just aren't delegatable. Those care mm-hmm. things, you know, when you have a, a sick child, it's not like you're going to be like, okay, let me find somebody to do whatever. And Eve has this amazing quote on our wall, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it's like an hour in the pediatrician's office is as important as an hour in a boardroom. And it's this whole concept of women's time is so devalued in our world. I mean, our time is seen as sand and men's time is seen as diamonds. And that's messed up. It's all diamonds. Like we all have the same 168 hours in a week. And Mm -hmm. so help me, I'm not living in an inequitable situation where somehow my time gets sucked into some void that's just not right. And so I think fair play is just genius, truly. I love the idea. I love the concept. Tell me how you get the buy-in from the person that's not really holding his or her weight. How have you seen this as a facilitator now? formally trained in fair play methodology. How do you even approach this without being like, my husband would be like, I am not doing this. This is stupid. (laughs) I'm not playing a card game that proves that you do everything and I do nothing. (laughs) So what do I say? (laughs) Eve in the book actually has kind of a letter she writes to the partner, the kind of, you know, that partner that might be a little hesitant. And I would recommend using that letter, you know, and helping get them to understand. And I mean, this is going to sound harsh and I I don't mean to sound harsh, but I think it's pretty telling if you come to your spouse, you know, in a very non-accusatory kind of non-judgmental, more curious, more let's see how we can improve our lives kind of way. You know, reading the book, because Eve is a firm believer in do no harm to couples. Like she is not trying Mm -hmm. to like get everyone to divorce. Like that is not her goal. But at the same time, if you have a partner who might just simply be like, oh, hell no, like I'm not doing this. I don't care. I don't whatever. I think it's worthy of stepping back and asking yourself big questions, like maybe looking at your deck of cards and being like, what can I delegate? What can I get off my plate? completely, totally off my plate in a way. But I do think people have to ask, how is this relationship really working? I mean, if a partner does not have the respect to at least listen to some of these very large concerns, I do think we have to kind of ask ourselves, what are we really getting out of this partnership? And I mean, is it actually a partnership? Because I do think, and again, I mean, I really am not trying to promote divorce. I'm really the opposite. I always try to help people figure out how can you work it out and what can you do? But there are definitely situations where one person is kind of giving all and the other person is a taker. And I don't know that that is necessarily a healthy place to be for many people. And I think figuring that out kind of makes some sense. 
maybe not being together is the answer for some people. But I think a real concerted effort using the book, reading it all yourself. And I think it's important to read on your own away from your partner, because I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, not only are you going to laugh out loud, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is exactly what happened. (laughs) I mean, it's literally like one of those, you literally want to like throw it at your partner every so often. (laughs) Yo, so I highly recommend, I mean, it's an easy read. You could literally like go to a hotel for a night or two, have an amazing weekend, read the book, and then really think about, okay, how am I going to introduce this in a way that feels loving, respectful, curious? And I think it is important to really hone in on the point of your time, that part of this is so that you have time to find your unicorn space. And that's Eve's book she wrote after this, Find Your Unicorn Mm -hmm. Space which is so powerful because so many women completely get lost in being a parent, a partner, and a professional. And that's all we are. And we go through these long marriages, 20 years, 25 years, and we get to, you know, our kids go off and then we're like, well, what do we do now? Like, I don't, I know I'm a parent, a partner, or a professional. Most of us were pretty creative, interesting, kind of badass young women, you know, Mm -hmm. when we got married, but we took on this weight of all those things in a way that, I mean, I've said for years, you know, God love Gloria Steinem, but she kind of messed with us. I mean, this whole yeah. thing, we can have it all. I'm like, no, lies. that's a I'm lie. Like, that's absurd. We don't want it all. No. And so I have found these books to be just so powerful. And I like you, I don't even know exactly how old I am, but I think I'm like 53, but I, They've been really powerful to me because really trying to figure out like, how do we do this differently? How do we look at things for us? I mean, it was a big thrill to throw out 30 cards. I was like, I don't care about this. Like, I don't need this card. Right. And I mean, just being able to be that intentional about your time is pretty powerful. I have so many friends that feel badly because they don't have hobbies or they're like, I'm not interested. I'm like, well, how could you be? You don't have a second to spare. Hobbies exactly. take a long time. You know, you don't have four hours to play golf. You don't have four hours a month to do anything. And I think part of it is like, we feel bad because we work. And then you don't want to leave your kid because you feel bad because you're leaving your kid when you're working. So you don't have any hobbies. But then at the end of the day, you just become super unfulfilled. So this is the game yeah. changer. Men do not seem to feel bad when they're playing golf. I have not seen a lot of mopey faces on the golf course when they are leaving their children to go play golf after they've worked a 50 or 60 hour week. And I think we might want to learn from that. I will tell you how dumb I had to stop myself in my tracks and readjust because I have a a business conference coming up in April and it's from Sunday to Tuesday. And I'm like, okay, Sunday night, Monday night, I'll be home Tuesday. I have a 15 year old. He's not a baby. And I'm like, well, I know I'll book my flight for Sunday morning at 6 a.m. so that I don't have to be gone three nights. I can only be gone two. So I did that. And then I'm thinking, I'm going to have to get up at like three in the morning. Oh, yeah. Why? So I can say mom's only going to be gone two nights instead of three. That's insane. It is. But he will be sleeping half the day. So on my to do list today, I need to change that flight to the night before. So I can land, have a cocktail, get a good night's sleep and hit this conference. But 
what is that? I'm a reasonably intelligent, I got my shit together woman, right? And still I fall into this like, well, you know, you know, my son might feel bad if I'm gone for three nights instead of two. He won't even notice. He's 15 playing video games. He doesn't notice anything, right? But it's me. I'm like, we do that. Like you said, men, my husband wouldn't think twice about that. It doesn't. We have to restructure our mindset around that because it is kind of crazy that, I mean, the guilt we feel and the pressure we put on ourselves, we married competent men. These men are not morons. (laughs) Most of us married exceedingly competent men. You know what I mean? Most of us lawyer types, business owner types. We did not go out and find some guy who, you know, can't read, can't cook, can't think, can't problem solve. And somehow we just treat them like they're utter fools. Yet in their professional lives, I mean, many of these men are like running companies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Doing high level things. Right. And we got to expect the same at home. Yeah. I love this. At least we can talk all day about this. Highway women. This book is called fair play. Elise did not write it. A woman named Eve Rodsky did, but Elise Bowie is a fair play facilitator. Tell us what that means. How do you spread this genius to other women or well, men? I work in groups with women and men, sometimes married couples, sometimes, you know, just one partner. I mean, I've been running book clubs I kind of am on a mission. I mean, I guess this will be the first time I say it out loud in public. I want to get this book into every lawyer's hand in this entire country, ideally the world, because I feel like lawyers have some of the most high pressure, stressful existences just naturally. Then you add on this utter inequity in the home. And I see so many female attorneys who are just miserable. And it Mm -hmm. truly breaks my heart because these are some of the most amazing, smart, creative, capable women on the planet. And they should be thriving. They should be happy. They should be finding their unicorn space, sharing their genius with the world and just being happy and fulfilled. And to see people not, it really breaks my heart. You are on a mission to make us all a little bit happier and make life a little bit fairer. So Highway Woman, I have been chatting with my friend Elise Bowie today. You can find more about her at Elise Bowie. It's B-U-I-E familylaw.com. She is very passionate about the subject. And I know if you're like me, I could talk about this for the rest of my life based on (laughs) my experiences. But thank you so much for being here today. This work is so important. It's amazing that you're a fantastic family lawyer, but to do this in addition, I thank you from all of us out there with that very unequal to-do list. Yeah, well, thank you. And I love being able to talk to your community of women. Enjoy that beautiful wildlife you've got out your window and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Wire Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or others, I hope you'll share it with a friend so together we can all stand that high wire of life. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media at Highwire Woman for more information. Until next time, I'm Rosanna Berardi. Be sure to stay on that high wire of life.